All right. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Thank you all for being here in person. It's good to see you all, and uh, thank you for watching if you're tuning in online. If this is your first time watching us, uh, welcome. We just want to welcome you, and my name is Wade, if you don't know what my name is, but we're glad you're here. Uh, let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get into tonight's message. Father, I just thank you for another opportunity to get up here and, and preach what you've laid on my heart tonight. God, I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's watching online or anybody that might watch this message later, God, that you would just open our hearts and open our minds to hear what it is you're saying to us tonight. And uh, Father, I pray that you'll help us to remember it and not just sit through a service and walk out and forget what you said. I pray that you'll help us to remember these things. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to apply these things to our lives so that we can bear the fruit you want us to bear and become the men and women of God that you want us to be and be the church, Father, that you want us to be. God, I just pray for everybody that uh, didn't be able to make it tonight because they're sick or they're traveling. I pray that you keep them safe if they are traveling. And Lord, I just pray that you bring them comfort if they're sick and uh, help them to, to get better quickly, Lord, so that they can get back in here. Lord, we just turn this service over to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, everybody having a pretty good week so far? Who's having a, a hard week? There's a lot of people having a, a hard week right now. Uh, seems like no matter which direction you go, if you're not having a hard one, you know somebody that is having a hard one. But uh, it's good to see everybody. Last week, if you were here last week, we talked about, mostly talked about direction. You know, how we all need direction. Because life don't stand still for, for any of us. Life is always changing. No matter what phase of life you're going through, it never stays the same. It's always changing. And our main verse for last week was Proverbs 4 and verse 26. It says, ponder the past of your feet and let all your ways be established. And uh, in other words, I believe that's God telling us, you know, we need to sometimes just stop for a second and pick up our heads and look around and see what is actually going on in our lives. Uh, you know, I just got through having a talk with a guy. Sometimes we just get in a rut and uh, just doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And, uh, it's good to stop every once in a while and say, you know, where am I going? You know, what am I doing? If we just go through motions every single day, then chances are we're not going where we would desire to go. We're just going to wind up somewhere. But uh, it's good every once in a while to do what this verse says. Just stop for a second and, and look around and ask ourselves, where am I going? You know, if I continue doing what I'm doing right now, if I stay on the course that I'm on right now, where's that going to take me? And because, uh, like I said, life is always changing, and we're always faced with choices and faced with decisions. And what that verse is saying is take a look around and take stock of where I'm at. Uh, not just, you know, where am I at today, but where is my life taking me? You know, wh where's my relationship with God? Where's my relationship with other people in my life? You know, where is my life as a parent, as a husband or a wife? Uh, 
but what about our job, you know? What's that going to look like? And uh, like I always say, all of our lives are different. My life don't look like yours. Yours don't look like mine. We're all different. But it's good to take a good look at your life and bring it to God and find out what needs a change of direction. You know, if I continue on the path that I'm on and I don't change anything, then what's that going to look like? Uh, we talked about that last week. What's that going to look like six months from now or a year from now or five years from now? Uh, and not just for me. You know, what's that going to look like for the people in my life? You know, if I'm not happy with the way my life is now and I don't change anything, then a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, it's probably going to be worse if I don't change something. So it's good to stop and take a look and uh, see what does need change. And I told you last week, it can be a drastic change in the way our lives look uh, five years from now from what they look like today. And I use the example, you know, what if you have a, an eight-year-old child in your life and the choices you make are going to, uh, they're going to change the course of their life. Five years of their life is going to, you know, that's going to impact who they are as a person for the rest of their life. You know, one way or another, they're going to develop a belief system. So are the choices that I'm making and you're making and the decisions that we're making, are they going to lead them to have faith in God when they're 13 years old? You know, that's a huge responsibility if you have young people in your life. Uh, you know, between that age and 13, those five years, that's going to determine whether they're going to be an honest person or the things that they're learning from us, is, are they going to make them a dishonest person? Are they going to be trustworthy? Are they going to have compassion and love for other people? Or are they going to be selfish and not really worried about the needs of other people as long as they get what they want and uh, maybe even go to church once in a while if there's nothing else that we want to do that day? So the changes that we make in our lives and the choices and decisions that we make, they do impact everybody around us and uh, not just the children you know we ever we influence everybody that we're around in our lives and everybody that we're around in our lives influence us too that works both ways you know if i'm around uh, a bad influence every day of my life and it's just constantly pouring into me uh, then eventually that's what's going to come out of me that's how belief systems are formed. That's how habits are formed. That's how my character is formed, by how I live my life and who I live my life with and what direction that I'm going. Uh, you know, what we allow in, in our lives and what we allow in our homes, then the people in our lives and the people in our homes are most likely going to allow the same things. You know, that's how, uh, like I said, that's how belief systems are formed. Because these things were allowed when I was, uh, you know, developing my character. That's how I got the beliefs that I have. And uh, sad to say, but even if God's Word says that's not okay, if it's allowed in my life, if it's allowed in my home, then I'm going to think it's okay. And I'm going to pass it on to others that that's okay, even if it's not. Even if God's Word says it's not. So that is how belief systems are developed, and that's why that verse, uh, Proverbs four twenty six, says to ponder the path of your feet, and uh, really ask yourself, where are you going, and where are you leading those that are going with you? 
But uh, that was, in a nutshell, pretty much what we talked about last week. And if you missed that message, you can find it on Facebook or YouTube or Podbean. But uh, that is, I think, one of the biggest problems today, that the majority of the world are living lives that do allow things that God's Word clearly says are wrong. And I think there are very few people that choose that, that choose to live that way. But like we've been talking about, I believe that that's how they develop their belief systems. That it, that is not based on God's word at all. It's because they were trained that way by being in an environment that just teaches you that. You know, it's based on uh, based on what's allowed in the home that they grew up in. It's based on what was allowed in the society that they grew up in. I don't think people just get up one day and, and choose to be ungodly. But if you're in that in that environment all the time, it does get in your head. It gets in your heart. And it does create a belief system in you that goes against God. Uh, Pastor Josh was preaching from Titus uh, Sunday. Some of you were here and heard that message. But in Titus 2 and verse 12, it says that we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom and righteousness and devotion to God. But the problem today is, like we've been talking about, people don't know that they're living a godless life. They're just living life. They're not trying to be ungodly, but because of the way they live and the things that are allowed and accepted, that's just how they've learned to believe. And it's not that they're trying to be ungodly. They think the things that they're doing are okay, even if they're not. <clears throat> and the problem with that is when they do hear the truth of God's Word and somebody tells them that's wrong, and they're like, well, that's what I've always done, and now you're telling me it's wrong, then they immediately go on the defense, and they think that God is against them. And uh, that's not the case at all. Uh, and the reason they think that God is against them is because the whole world says it's okay. And then we come to them and say God's word says that's not okay. And uh, like I said, they go on the defense and say, you know, well, the whole world says that's okay. And God's going to call me a sinner for doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. And uh, that's a dangerous place to do to be. You know, when we get offended by God's word, then, you know, some people are going to live godless lives on purpose because now they've developed that belief system that God is against them. And the world will agree with them on that. The world wants you to think God is against you. Uh, the, the world will do everything it can to prove to you that God is wrong and that you're fine. Uh, you know, it says we're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. <coughs> And the world will tell you it's not simple pleasure, it's just pleasure. Uh, it's not sin, it's just pleasing yourself, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a good example of that, or one example, there's millions of examples of that. But the one I chose is alcohol. You know, the world will tell you it wouldn't be legal to sell alcohol in every store in the world if it was wrong, if there was anything wrong with it. Uh, you can do that anywhere. It's socially acceptable. You know, you can take your kids to Disneyland and enjoy a beer while you sit and watch your kids play with Mickey Mouse. And the world will tell you, what's wrong with that? 
But what the world don't tell you is that they don't care about you. And uh, they will take the last dime out of your pocket. They'll take the last dime out of your bank account or your family's bank account to put a can of alcohol or a bottle of alcohol in your hand. And uh, the world will not offer you uh, very little or no help when it has destroyed your marriage, when it's took your job, when it's taken away your children away from you, when you lose your driver's license, when your health goes bad, uh, when you lose your freedom because of it. The world don't care. Uh, the world just says, give me your money. You know, that is a trillion-dollar industry. It's probably bigger than that. I just picked a number. But that is a multi-million-dollar industry that trickles all the way down through society, all the way to the smallest home. Everybody makes money off of it. You know, the stores make money. The lawyers make money because it gets you in trouble. Insurance companies make money because you wreck your cars. Uh, institutions make money off of it because it puts you in jail and in mental health hospitals. The jails are full because of it. Banks make money on it. Mortgage companies make money when you lose your home because you can't afford to pay the mortgage on it. Uh, rental owners make money on it because you can't afford to live there anymore, and they'll kick you out, keep your deposit, and move somebody else in. Or they'll kick the people out that you've left behind because they can't afford to live there anymore. The world don't tell you that stuff. All the world will tell you is it's legal, it's socially acceptable, and it's allowed. They don't tell you this could destroy you. And uh, <clears throat> not only do they say it's legal and it's allowed and it's so socially acceptable, it's encouraged everywhere you go. And this is just one example. You know, you can't even go to a ball game. You can't go out to eat or Disney World like we just talked about without it just being plastered all over the walls and advertised and offered to you. You can't fly on an airplane without being offered to you. Uh, my daughter just went to see a Christian concert at a, a major place where she lives and a, a really famous Christian artist. She went to see them a couple of weeks ago and uh, they were selling alcohol at the concert. And I don't think the artist, I don't think that was their idea, but the establishment wanted to make that money off of it. So the world says, it's allowed, it's acceptable, just give me your money. They're not going to tell you these things are going to destroy you. But God says in that verse that we started off with, ponder the path of your feet. And the reason God does that is not so you won't go out and have any fun. God don't want you to be destroyed. God loves you. And he don't want your marriage to fail. He don't want your children in foster care. He wants you to raise your children. He don't want you in jail. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have a good job. And he don't want you in bad health. Like I said, God wants you to prosper. But there are so many things out there <coughs> that will just destroy your life. And this world says, that's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, if anybody tells you you can't do that, they're, they're, they're just naysayers. And uh, that gives God a bad name. Because, like I said, when somebody has that belief system that all these things are okay, and then we come along and say God's Word says that's not right, then they go on the defense, and God is against me. And like I keep saying, that is just one example of what sinful pleasures will do. 
but we don't see them as sinful pleasures. We just see them as pleasures because the world don't want us to know anything about sin because the world encourages those things. Like I said, they make millions of dollars on those things. Uh, this one verse right here has been in my head all week. You know, I tell you all the time, God usually gives me one word or one verse, but this is the one for this week. And uh, I think everybody in here will be able to, re to relate to tonight's message. In Matthew chapter 1, in verse 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You know, all through the Bible, you hear about godly men and godly women that God was with. You know, like God was with Abraham, and God was with Moses, and God was with King David, and God was with Joshua and Gideon and Elijah and all these other people. And he was with those people. But he was only with certain men and certain women all throughout the Old Testament. You know, we see God would come down and do just amazing things through these people. You know, like Moses getting the people out of Egypt and turning Gideon into a warrior. And But you didn't see everybody having God the way that we have God today. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. You know, back then, the Holy Spirit hadn't been given yet. So God just showed up at certain times for certain people to do certain things. But when Jesus came... Like that verse says, to be born of a virgin, uh, now God is with us. You know, who is us? That's all of us. That's you and you and you and me. That includes everybody. Uh, I want to read these verses out of John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. And uh, this is Jesus talking about when he goes back to God, they're going to send the Holy Spirit to be with us. But in John 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So while Jesus was here on earth, he was with us himself in bodily form. But now that he's ascended, you know, those verses tell us that the Father has sent the Holy Spirit to dwell not only with us, but in us. And tonight's message... <coughs> is to tell you exactly what it said in Matthew 1, 23. Emmanuel, God is with us, and you are part of us. You have a God. Uh, a lot of people don't feel like they do. You know, I get prayer requests 
all the time. And I ask other people to pray for me all the time. You know, we're supposed to pray for each other. We're supposed to lift one another up. We're supposed to encourage one another. But what I want to talk about tonight is Emmanuel. God is with us. And uh, you are part of us. You have a God. You know, I talk to some people, and they, they literally think that they do not have a God. And I'm not saying they don't believe in God. They believe there's a God. And I'm not saying that they're in rebellion against God. What I'm saying is they believe that some people have God and some people don't. They believe there are spiritually rich people who do have God, but they also believe that there are spiritually poor people uh, who have to get the spiritually rich people that have a God to pray for them because they don't have one of their own. They don't think that they're significant enough for God to notice them or to see them or to hear their prayers. And that's not the case. The Bible is clear that we all belong to God. That's just not true. We all have a God. And a matter of fact, we all have the same God. But some people, like I said, they don't see themselves that way. Uh, they'll either call me or text me and say, will you pray to your God for me? Or ask your God something for me. Like I said, they feel like they don't have a God of their own that they can talk to. And uh, that's what this message is intended to do, to let everybody know that God is the God of all people, not some people. And he is the father of all people, including you. No matter who you are, you have, <coughs> you have a God. I love Romans uh, chapter 10 and verse 13. We use this verse every week at the end of the service. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be served, shall be saved. Uh, that includes you, no matter who you are. It don't matter what you've done, what your background is, where you're coming from, uh, what you've done. You have a God, and you have a heavenly Father, and you have the same one that Abraham has. You have the same one that Moses has. You have the same one that Billy Graham has. And I say he's the same one that they have, not that they had, because those people are not dead. They're with the Lord now. And uh, a lot of people don't believe that. But Jesus himself says that in Matthew 22, verses 30, 32 and 33. He says, I am the God of Abraham, not was. And the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And I love this verse. We'll get to it in a second. It says, when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. And, uh, you know, that's how a lot of people react when I tell them, you got the same God I got. You know, God's not going to do anything for me that he won't do for you. And uh, if you knew me 10 years ago, you would know for a fact that you have the same God that I have. I didn't clean myself up. I didn't do anything for myself. All I did was submit to God. It's God that does those things. And like I keep telling you, we all have the same God, all the way from Abraham to now. There is not a different God. There's not a, a new God and an old God. It's the same God. He never changes. That's one of my favorite verses is, you know, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forever. So it is the same God, and he's your God too. 
And that's why that, that verse in Matthew one twenty three has been on my mind all week. Uh, and like I said, I'm not talking about people that don't believe in God or people that are rebelling against God, but people who think for some reason or another that they just don't have one for themselves. And, uh, you know, you got. I hope that's not you, but that's tonight's question. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like you do not have a personal God of your own? Do you feel so insignificant that God don't see you or God don't hear your prayers? Well, uh, you do have a God. You may not feel like you do, but you you do have a God. <clears throat> and if you're in that mindset and you feel that way, uh, that's because you're living in the belief system that you learned from this world, like we were talking about a while ago. And you're not alone. You know, that's how most of the world is living. They either think they don't have a God or that God, for some reason, is against them. You know, have you ever heard anybody say, and I'm sure you have, but have you ever heard anybody say, the world's out to get me? Or the whole world, it just feels like the whole world is against me? I'm sure you've all heard somebody say that. You've probably said that yourself at some point when things wasn't going good. I've said that myself, I know. Some days it just feels like that. It feels like the whole world's against me. Well, uh, there's truth to that. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, that the God of this world has blinded us. So he is against us. In verse 3 it says, But if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them. There's that belief system I keep talking about. Has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the God of this world is out to get you. That's not just a feeling that the whole world is out to get you or the whole world is against you. He wants you to think you don't have a God, and he don't want you to know that you have a Savior. Uh, we do have an enemy, and he don't want you to have any hope. He just wants you to suffer through this life, thinking this is as good as it gets, with no hope, and when this life is over, he wants you to be doomed for eternity. He don't want you to think things could get better. He don't want you to think you have a Savior, and he don't want you to think that God will be there the moment you call out to him. Uh, that's why it says in John 10 and verse 10 that the thief comes not but for to steal and kill and destroy. That is the only purpose he has. He don't want you to prosper. He don't want you to have hope. He don't want you to look forward to eternity with God. He wants to totally destroy you. And by getting that fake belief system in your mind that these things are okay, you can live this way, you can live that way. Uh, you know, if we agree with the world and do things that way, then we'll, he'll get exactly what he wants. We'll go through our entire life, like I just said, and at the end of it, Without Christ, we'll be doomed for all eternity. But the end of that verse, Jesus says, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God's not against you. God wants to give you life. He wants to save your life. He wants to give you hope because he knows how hard this world is. Uh, like that verse we just read to start with, Matthew 1, 23. we got to believe that. It says, Behold, a virgin 
shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. Uh, he did come, and he was born, and he did die on the cross, and he was victorious over sin. He defeated it. And now he is risen, and he's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God making intercession for us, not for a few people, for everybody that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We just read that. You've got to include yourself in that. If you count yourself out and you think that God don't see you and God <coughs> does not care for you, then uh, God hasn't turned his back on you. You're turning your back on his offer. You are included in us. You are included in whosoever. You. Uh, that's not somebody else's God. You have a God. And he listens when you talk to him. The problem is, is what it talks about in the book of James. In James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that gives to all men liberally, and upbraids not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Can you do that in the NLT, Travis? I like the way it puts. Makes it a whole lot easier to understand. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God will hear you if you cry out to him. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty, talking about between God and the world, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And here's the problem I was talking about. People's loyalty is divided between God and the world. We want to believe God on certain things, but we want to believe the world on certain things too. You know, we watched a video last night at a Celebrate Restoration by Francis Chan, and it was talking about pride. And uh, part of that message, he was talking about, it's not that people don't understand what God's Word says. They just don't want to make the changes to line up with God's Word. So they twist it and they change churches, and we talk about this a lot. They know what God's Word says, but since it's so socially acceptable, I don't see nothing wrong with it. God didn't mean that. That was for those people 2,000 years ago. God would understand because society is different today, and that's just the way things are today. You know, we just said God don't ever change. He was the same God when Abraham was here as he is today. And if we choose... Uh, what the world says is okay instead of what God says is okay, one of these days we will stand before God and give an answer for that. And if our lives are falling apart, if things are not working out, there's a good chance that we know why. We're just not willing to admit that that's wrong and God's way is right and, uh, and change those things. So it's not God's fault. It's it's our choice to be divided 
between God and the world like that says. And uh, like I keep on saying, I'm not talking about somebody that don't believe in God or that somebody that's living in rebellion, but I'm talking about people that are blinded by the God of this world like we just read. Uh, he don't want us to know the truth. He don't want us to have the hope that we find in Christ. So if we look at all those verses together, uh, the one we started with, Proverbs 4.26, let's stop and ponder the, the path of our feet. Uh, you know, am I living in defiance to God? We go back to Titus 2.12. Am I living a godless life and don't even know it? because it's so accepted and encouraged. Uh, we won't know that unless we get in God's Word. So we have to get in God's Word. We have to talk to God in prayer, and He'll give us discernment on what is acceptable to Him and what the world says is okay. You know, just because the world says it's okay don't mean God's all right with it. <clears throat> and I believe a lot of people are living in opposition to God because they don't know that the way that they're living is wrong. Or like I said a while ago, they think God is against them and they're living that way on purpose. But either way, no matter which way you're coming at it, we can't live in opposition to God's word and expect him to bless our lifestyle. And I said our lifestyle, not us. Even the people that are not living for God are still being blessed by God. Uh, you know, if we listen to the world, the world will tell you, you know, you need to live together before you get married. You need to make a test run before you get married so you know if this is going to work or not. And that's not what God's Word says. God says, commit your life to me, then commit your life to each other, and then bring each other to me and get married, and I will bless it. That is God's uh, formula for that. This world will tell you, uh, that if you're living in homosexuality, that that is great. You know, we're going to have a, a festival, and we're going to celebrate that. Just be yourself. There's nothing wrong with being yourself. You're just looking for love. But God says that you're bringing harm on yourself, and eventually that's going to lead you to death and far from me. Uh, so like that verse says in Titus, turn from your godless living and come to me, and God says, I'll show you that love that you're looking for. You know, that is a false love. Come to God and he will show you what real love is. And uh, before you think I'm trying to bash people, and I'm not, like Pastor Josh says all the time, God's blessings are for everybody, not just for the ones that are measuring up, not just for the ones that are being obedient. Uh, none of us measure up without Jesus and that is the only difference in us and anybody else on the planet <clears throat> I love Proverbs 26 and verse 10 it's one of my favorite verses I say it to myself all the time it says the great God that formed all things both rewards the fool and rewards transgressors you know that verse don't say anything about the righteous it says God rewards fools and transgressors uh, Josh talked about transgressions on Sunday. That's somebody that knows what God's Word says, knows what God says is right, and they choose to do what's wrong anyway. And uh, Proverbs 26.10 says God rewards them too. 
So how how does God reward those people that know what He says and uh, and do it anyway? He rewards them the same way He rewards you, in the same way He rewarded me. He rewards them <coughs> through the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, the best example I can think of that in Scripture is Romans 5, 8. That's another verse we use every week. It says, God showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So no matter what side you're on, you have a God. Even if you're a transgressor, even if you're living in sin, it does not matter. You have a God and he loves you. Even if you showed up drunk or high tonight, you have a God, and he loves you. <clears throat> Even if you are shacked up with somebody uh, and you're not married, but you're living together, you have a God, and he loves you. Uh, even if you are in a homosexual relationship, you have a God who loves you. We're all born with the same nature. We're born with a sin nature. And we all need a Savior. And we don't have different ones. There's only one God, and there is only one Savior. And his name is Jesus. And like I keep saying, that goes both ways. You know, sinners need to quit looking at saints like they're different. They're not. We have the same problem. We have the same God. And saints need to quit looking at sinners like they're different. They're not. We're all the same. We all have the same nature. We all have the same God. Uh, and we all need Jesus. But we all have the same choice, too. We all have to choose uh, life in Jesus Christ or death through what the world says is okay. Uh, and to me, and in God's Word, there's no difference between judgmental and living a lifestyle of sin. They're one and the same. They're both sin. Uh, being judgmental and judging the sins of others is just as simple as what they're doing. Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. So if you see somebody that is living a homosexual lifestyle and you condemn them for it, then you're going to be judged as a homosexual. That's exactly what that verse means. If you see a murderer and you judge them for being a murderer, then that verse says, if you're judging them for that, you will be judged for that. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured <coughs> to you again. Uh, God does not condone sin. If they come to him, he will forgive them through the cross of Jesus Christ, just like he uh, forgave me and forgave you. God does not condone sin, but he does forgive it. And if we're Christians, we need to forgive it too. There's no difference in us. And like I keep saying, that works both ways. They shouldn't look at us as better than them, and we shouldn't look at them as worse than us. We all have the same God. But this world really is out to get you. But you don't have to let it. You have a God, and you can cry out to him just like anybody else and be saved. So our, our homework this week is the exact same as it was last week. 
or it's the same verse anyway, but it's for a different reason. You know, really ponder the path of your feet. If life's not working out for you, then ask God to show you why. If, God, if life is not working out and it's just one constant battle after another, maybe there is something that the world is telling you is okay that you're doing that you have no idea is wrong. Uh, take it to God and ask him. Say, it's just not working out and I have no idea why. Ask him to, to show you why and he will show you why. We just read that verse a minute ago in James 1 and verse 5. He says, if you lack wisdom, if you don't know why, it says, ask God, and he gives to all men. And that includes you, that word all. So you have us, whosoever, and all. That is all-inclusive. God will give it to anybody. And he will not rebuke you for asking. It don't matter what you need to ask him. It don't matter what you're dealing with in your life. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You don't have to... Hide it from God. It says, bring it to God, and he'll show you. This is what you need to change. This is why it's not working out. So God will reveal exactly why to you. But then uh, you got that choice, like it said back in Titus 2 and verse 12. You can turn from it because God says to, or we can just keep going with the flow of the world because the world says it's okay. we got to choose who's telling the truth, God or the world. And uh, I believe God, and I hope you do too. But the choice is yours. God won't, he won't force you to make a choice. But uh, whatever choice you make, that's your choice. But the, the consequences that come from that choice, those are yours too. And like I keep telling you, they're not just for you. They're for everybody in your life. But no matter what is going on in your life, just remember you have a God that is madly in love with you. Uh, you're not some kind of special case that everybody else has a God but you. You have a God, and he's always there to listen to you. And he's always there to help you, especially in your time of need. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 46.1. It says God is a very present help in time of need. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that's where it has to start. Uh, you know, if you spent your whole life thinking God's against you, chances are you've probably never surrendered your life to him. And uh, I'd like to give you that opportunity tonight. If you know you have a need for God, you know you need a Savior, it's really simple. All you got to do is say those words to God. Tell him, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. I need some hope in my life. I need some direction in my life. I want to surrender my life to you and ask you to come into my heart and be my God, be my Lord, be my Savior. And uh, he'll hear you right there. I can give you some scripture on that in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And in verse 10, it says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if today is the day that you've determined in your heart, I know I need a God. 
I know I need a Savior, and you've made that decision in your heart that you're going to give your life to God, tell somebody about it. Tell God first, and then tell somebody else, I gave my life to Jesus today, and ask him to come in and be my Lord. And the Bible says with that confession, you are saved. You just received your salvation. And uh, that don't change where your life is. That don't change anything, but you now belong to God, and you now have the Holy Spirit that will give you the strength to make the changes that you couldn't make on your own before. That's what he was talking about when he said, I'll send you the Comforter. I'll send you the Holy Spirit, and he will be in you. That's your own personal God living inside of you to lead you and guide you and uh, let you know when you're doing something wrong. And uh, like I always tell you, don't let anybody tell you you've went too far, you've done something, and God can't forgive you because you were too bad. Uh, we've already read this verse, but in Romans 10, 13, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no buts in that verse. It means what it says. If you call out to God, he will save you. And uh, we've already read this one too, but Romans 5, 8, it says, God showed his love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us because we're sinners. God knows we're all born with that sin nature. We all need a Savior. So, you know, ask yourself, what is it in your life, in your home? Uh, maybe it's not even in your home. Maybe it's just in your mind and in your thought life. What is it that you know don't belong there? but you allow it to stay there. Uh, you know, I'm, God's been working on me the last couple of weeks of angry thoughts that I have, and I know they belong, don't belong there. I know they're not from God. So I've been bringing them to him, saying, I'm having these thoughts, and I'm mad, and I don't want to be mad. I want to be happy. I don't want to be mad because it affects the way I treat other people. I know this ain't from you. Help me with this. And he does. And uh, he'll help you too. Like I keep saying, we have the same God. But if there's something in your life or your home or your thought life, whatever it is, and you're allowing it, bring it to God. And uh, help, ask him to help you with it. And he'll help you get rid of it. And remember, uh, like I've been saying, no matter who you are, no matter how you live, or what you think of yourself, and no matter what other people think about you or say about you, you have a God, and he, <coughs> he loves you, and he will accept you just as you are. All you got to do is cry out to him. Uh, but that's my message for tonight. I hope that helps somebody. I know it was for somebody. I don't know who, but God does. And uh, I pray that it gives you the hope that you need to actually trust God and believe that he's on, on your side and that he will hear you when you when you talk to him. But uh, that's my message for tonight. And I thank you all for listening. I thank you for being here. Let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you again for the message that you laid on my heart this week. Lord, I thank you for the, the help that you've been giving me this week, Lord, in my thought life and in the struggles that I'm going through. I just praise you for that. And give you the glory for that. And Lord, I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's listening online. Lord, if there is something in their life that they know don't belong there, 
that they're struggling with, that the world says is okay, but they know in their hearts that it's not, I pray, Father, that you would give them the courage to call it out for what it is. And uh, I pray that you give them the courage to bring it to you, confess it, God, and ask you to help them with it. And, Lord, I pray for, for those that are here that have never surrendered their life to you. I pray that you would touch their hearts and let them know that you are their God and that you do love them and that you'll accept them right where they are, Father. And I pray that that gives them the courage to come to you boldly and ask you to be their Lord. Father, I thank you for being mine. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with everybody here and uh, help us all to draw closer to you, Father, and just have a deeper relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.